0: Hey guys, welcome back. I uh, have been visiting my family on Orcas Island in the beautiful Pacific Northwest. And the last time I was here, which was in the summer, we filmed a sermon from this very spot up on this mountain. So we thought it'd be fun to do a follow-up Sermon on the Mount. And what we talked about back then is that in the Bible, important things happen on mountains. So Noah's Ark, comes to rest on a mountain. Abraham offers his son Isaac for sacrifice on a mountain. Moses receives the Ten Commandments on a mountain. Uh, Jesus gives his first sermon on the mountain, is transfigured on a mountain, is crucified on a mountain, and ascends into heaven from a mountain. So, all that to say that in the Bible, mountaintops are places of revelation, places of new insights, new understanding, new learning. And I think that makes sense instinctively to most of us who have ever spent time on top of a mountain or who have climbed up all those stairs in the tower at Holy Hill or have spent time reflecting while looking out the metaphorical mountaintop that is an airplane window. Because when you are up on the mountaintop, you can see both back to where you have come from as well as forward to where you're going. So it's an in-between space, liminal space, scholars would call it. It's a place um, where you can get new perspectives. Um, It's a place where we receive something from God that we're gonna need to use in the next part of our journey. So definitely lots of different places can be literal or metaphorical mountaintops, but what I wanna suggest today is that people, Certain people are living, breathing mountaintops. I'm going to explain more about what I mean in just a moment, but to do that, I'm going to need uh, you to come with me so we can check out another of my favorite spots on the island. We're going to have to climb down this mountain and we're going to have to wait uh, maybe uh, an hour or two, but let's get started. Come on, let's go. Hey, we made it. I'll show you where we made it to in just a minute, but first, a word about our Bible story from Acts, which is usually called the conversion of the Ethiopian eunuch. This story, totally a mountaintop moment. Everything about the story is in between. They're on the road, so they're in between cities, and it is an encounter between two very different people. So in between people who are from different countries, different cultures, different religions, and for the eunuch, in between different genders. Let's talk about the term eunuch for a second. In our bible that term is used to describe a whole spectrum of sexual identities sometimes it's talking about people who chose to become eunuchs often people were made eunuchs by force and violence jesus also talks about people who are eunuchs from birth but wherever the term is used it is always used to indicate somebody who is sexually other in some way which in that time not unlike today it's a really hard place to be in the eyes of that world A eunuch was not quite a man and not quite a woman. And so that meant for them that they were not allowed to own property, not allowed to receive or bequeath inheritance, not allowed to have a family, and most importantly for our story today, they were not allowed to set foot inside the temple. So think about that for a moment. This person, whoever they are and however they ended up that way, they just traveled over a thousand miles in a chariot, to visit a sacred space they knew full well that they were not even gonna be allowed to enter. Wow, think about that for just a moment. Can you see now how loaded the question is when the eunuch turns to Phillips and, and says, there's water in the desert, what's to prevent me from being baptized? What's to prevent them? Only like everything, every blessed thing prevented from entrance is what this person would have heard at every turn their entire life, no matter how wealthy they got, no matter how high they rose at court, no matter how much money they are overseeing, they were always and eternally on the outside looking in, not quite belonging to either gender, and so locked out of both. Okay, you ready to see where we are? Let's go check it out. In the beginning, God created night and day, but have you ever seen a sunset? Gorgeous, filled with a million different shades of color that you never get to see during the day or during night. In the beginning, God created the land and the sea, but have you ever seen a beach? Beautiful, a balanced oasis that is not quite ocean and not quite land in the beginning god created the birds of the air and the fish in the sea but have you ever seen a flying fish or a diving puffin or a sea otter scampering over the rocks creatures that are equally at home in the water and on land they're built with creative combinations of characteristics and adaptive qualities that blow scientists mind these words or some variation on them were written by someone named asher O'Callaghan to describe people who are transgender or non-binary, which would be like people for whom neither the male box or the female box tells the whole story of who they are. And they're just a lovely reminder for us that lots of things all around us don't fit neatly into one box or the other, and that's perfectly natural and totally okay. But it's actually more than just okay. Because people who move between genders or move between any multiple worlds, move between different countries, different cultures, different careers, people with experiences like that are living, breathing, mountaintops in our midst. They have a depth of wisdom and a breadth of perspective that is worth more than all the gold in that Ethiopian queen's treasury. Which, speaking of that, let's go back to our story left off at the eunuch's question, what is to prevent me from being baptized, and Philip doesn't have an answer. And it's actually surprising that Philip doesn't have an answer because everything in his world would have told him that his answer to that question has got to be a big, fat, no, absolutely not, not somebody like you. But he doesn't seem able to say no, and having no answer instead goes along with God's great big yes, A big yes, by the way, uh, that leads to the foundation of Ethiopian Christianity, which is uh, the first expansion of Christianity beyond its country of origin. So, why? Uh, What causes Philip to break with everything that he's known to be true up to this point? Uh, We don't know, of course, but I have a theory. And my theory is this. Whatever Philip was expecting to find, when he climbed into the carriage with that powerful gender bending foreigner, whatever he expected to find, he was not prepared for what he actually found. Because what he actually found was true faith. He found a faith that pushes past every human know in pursuit of God's yes, A faith that is so eager to learn that they invite a total stranger to come in and sit by them and teach them of somebody whose faith has cost them something they are still willing to pay the price in pursuit of God and you just can't say no to a faith like that and you you can't say no to a faith like that and you cannot not be changed by getting to witness the faith like that and in fact I don't think any of us can actually have true faith ourselves unless we are shown the way by a faith like that. We call this story the conversion of the Ethiopian eunuch, but it is absolutely 100% a conversion moment for Philip as well. And if we keep reading in the book of Acts, we see Philip and Peter and Paul, we see their understanding of God's good news get bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger until it's finally blown wide open to include everyone. And not because they become gracious enough to extend the walls and let other people in, include others, but because they gradually come to realize that the tent whose boundaries they are enforcing was never their tent to begin with. And they come to learn this through encounters just like this one with people just like the Ethiopian eunuch. So may we do the same. May we pay special attention to people who move in between worlds. And may we recognize them for what they are revelations, fountains of new discovery, new understanding, new perspective, living, breathing mountaintops in our midst. May we know them, may we be them, may we raise them, and may we let them blow wide open our understanding of God's good news.